Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Yes, indeed, and I am joined by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney on this beautiful Saturday. Good morning. Good morning, and happy 8th anniversary for us. Isn't that something? Isn't that amazing? I can't believe it. I know. That. I know. That's amazing. There's a great video, too, outside of me being I know. I, 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 I've only looked at it a little bit. I was looking yeah. at work. I didn't have the sound up, so I'll have to check it out. Oh, you, you, you do that. You looked great in it, though. <laughs> Without makeup. <laughs> well, I tell you well, what. That's ter- why I come in radio in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, Teresa comes in from time to time to help our listeners out. We appreciate that. I know they do, Teresa. Uh, and if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, we're already getting some. Uh, call in to Teresa, or you can send her a text if that's easier. But we've cleared the lines. If you want to call in your lawn or garden question, here's the number, 651-989-9226, 651-989-WCCO, if that's easy, easier to remember. Or send Teresa your text at 81807-81807. We're getting some text messages about uncovering stuff. Is it is it too early or no, can you? No, it's it's fine to uncover things. Uh, you know they'll be really tender. So if we're going to get a cold snap, if it's going to drop below freezing, uh, then go ahead and, and keep that close. But most of your things you can uncover. You can pull up your roses, that kind of stuff. And if you're really worried, just keep some of the covering right there in case you have to cover something. And if you have things like tulips and daffodils and all those kind of wonderful bulbs coming up or hostas or anything, and we get a cold snap, don't worry about it. Because if they get a little bit of frost damage, they'll all be fine. They'll still be fine. They'll I'm still looking be fine, yep. At, at, at I the, don't think it's supposed to be pretty cold. No, I was no. looking at the lowest yeah. overnight temperatures this week so far, Teresa, and it looks like the coldest would be 39 or 40. Yep, and that so. means you can be planting your cold season vegetables, uh-huh. your cold season veggies out there now. Excellent. So get your peas and kale and spinach and Swiss chard in the People ground. are feeling it now with they the are. sunshine and the they warmer are. temperatures. Yes. And I, and I caution people, when you're feeling it, we were talking before, you don't have to start gardening eight hours the first you, day. People kind of overdo okay, it. So, so stretch a little bit before, go at it easy, take breaks, keep hydrated, keep your sunscreen on or your hat, whatever, and just take it easy because it doesn't all have to be done in yeah, one day because yeah. you will be so painful afterwards. And you don't, <laughs> don't want to trip and fall or pull muscles or... That's true. Do people have a tendency to overdo it right away? We all overdo it right away. Yeah, because we're just going to weed one more bed or we're just going to do one more thing. Then the next day you are going, okay, I can't even move. (laughs) So don't do that. I have muscles where I didn't even know there were muscles. Step at a time. Just, yeah, just just take it easy and stretch first. Okay. So stretch out and get warm up. Good point. All right. Let's see. And that's your health tip from (laughs) Teresa. From a master gardener, no less. (laughs) All right. Uh, Texter says, then we'll grab some calls. 
Uh, Texas says, I have a massive scotch pine that my neighbor asked if I would cut a huge branch off that hangs over his house. Uh, what time of year is best for cutting such a major part of it, and what should I do with the wound once it's off? Okay. You can cut any time. Um, the sap may be running, so it may bleed a little bit. You don't have to cover up the wound at all. Just go ahead and cut that off. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yep, yep. And if it's really big and you may want to have a professional do it so it doesn't land on their roof. Now, this uh, I, th- I know we're going to get a lot of lawn questions mm-hmm. today. Here's one of them that came in the text, and we'll get to the phones. Is it too early to fertilize my lawn? I would. I, I think it is just a little too early. I don't know that the ground's thawed. If your ground is thawed and you're seeing seeing a green up, you can fertilize. Okay. Um, but I think it might be a little too early because if the ground's not thawed out yet, we get rains that just washes away. You don't oh, want to. Why wash it into the into the storm drains? True. You know, we don't need that in our lake. True. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the phones. I see one line is open. If you want to call it in, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Gary. Is calling from uh, Blaine. I'm from Blaine. Uh, is Roundup from Monsanto glyphosate safe to use? I know there's been a lot of lawsuits, and that's that's a good question, yeah. Gary. Um, and it, and it's hard for me to answer. Um, it's still legal. You can use it. It's still legally out there. Um, you have to decide how safe it is. Um, read and follow all of the label instructions, because as with anything, the label is the law, and so you want to make sure that you're following the instructions, you know, wearing the protective clothing, doing it at the right temperature when it's not, um, when it's not windy, and then clo- clean your clothes later, wash them separately That's or a good take point. a shower. Just, you know, it's a lot of, there's a lot on those little labels. So pull out the whole label and sit there and read it. Read it all. And then, you, you know, maybe even go in the store first before you buy it and read the whole label and then make the decision if you want to use it That's or not. That's a good point. I know other listeners are wondering about that mm-hmm. particular product and yep. that chemical, too. Yep. And, and it is something that right now, you know, it's still legal. So you yep. have to make those decisions on your own. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Let's uh, grab a text. We'll go back and forth here. Uh, do, do, do Can irises be transplanted now? I don't see any flowers forming yet. It's not the best time because they are blooming early in the spring. Usually we say to transplant your irises in August after they finish blooming. So they're, they're not blooming yet, but they're about to get ready for that. And you may, I mean, if you have to transplant a plant, you transplant it when you have to do it. If, if it's an emergency and you have to do it. But otherwise it would be best to wait till August. Okay. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, St. Louis Park, our next direction. Gary is uh, calling in. Gary, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Gary. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Donnie. Thank you for the show every Saturday morning. I love it. Thank you. And I would rather pull my muscles raking and being (laughs) out in the yard than shoveling. (laughs) Yes, I hear that. No argument there. Uh, Teresa, I think one of my questions has already been answered about fertilizing. Mm -hmm. I was going to go out and do some raking today, Mm -hmm. uh, and then um, I guess you said it's too early to fertilize. Did I hear you say once, maybe last year, that after the lilacs bloom, it's it's a um, good time to fertilize? That's when you're um, putting down your crabgrass prevention. So if you're using a crabgrass pre-emergent, you want it when the soil's at a certain temperature, and normally when the soil's at that temperature, your lilacs are blooming. So that's a really good, it used to be about the 8th of May, but, you know, you can go back and forth on that. And again, if you're putting down crabgrass pre-emergent, that stops seeds from germinating. So don't put down grass seed because it doesn't know the difference between weed and grass seed. It won't stop any weeds that you already have, like dandelions. And if you have most of your weeds and crabgrass 
right near the concrete, you can go a week earlier than when the lilacs are blooming because that warms up faster by the con- by the concrete. So right. if, the, if that helps. And, and if your lawns are still squishy, don't be raking. That's a good point. No squishy, no walking on squishy soils, okay. squishy gardens, nothing. If it's squishy, go back in the house. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Texter says, how do I rid my raspberries of a cane borer? Oh, dear. Um, hmm. I'm going to direct you to extension.umn.edu. I'm not sure what the life cycle is of that borer is and what you would have to use for it. Um, you'd probably have to remove the, obviously remove all the dead canes, and sanitation will be important. But I don't know when the when the borer gets in there. So I would go to extension.umn.edu and look for raspberry problems. All right. Go, click on the garden tab. Sorry, I, I don't know offhand. I bet you Jeff Hahn would. Probably. <laughs> He'd know right off. Oh, the life cycle of the cane yes. borer is blah, blah, blah. He's the entomologist. This is when you treat and what yes. you do. All right, I tell you what, I know we have to break, but I want to go to uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota. Carl has been waiting there. Uh, Carl, you are on uh, CCO with uh, Teresa. Hi, Carl. Hi. I just have a hint for the gentleman that called uh, last week about the Calathea. You know, he said it was turning black. Mm -hmm. The problem is humidity. They require not a lot of water, but a lot of humidity. And he's going to have to raise the humidity or that plant's going to fail. Wonderful. I've raised about 200 different kinds of house plants. And oh, I okay. Never had Wonderful. Wow. Off, yeah. Okay, Thanks, so Carl. Pebble Tray will really help that gentleman oh, from last week. We then. have the smartest listeners. We do have we? the smartest listeners. Abs- Thank you. Absolutely. All right, Teresa, we need to take a break. Let's uh, do this. Uh, we come back, we'll take more calls and uh, text messages 651 989 9226. Text is 81807. And it's 52 degrees now with sunshine here on a Saturday. Good morning. Welcome back. To our Smart Garden Show around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour here on CCO. We have callers, we have texters for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney in studio. <laughs> Busy day, you can tell we've switched to spring. <laughs> Everybody's for thinking sure. spring, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, we have folks uh, calling on the line waiting, a bunch of them. We appreciate your patience. Let's see who is first here. Uh, let's uh, talk to Judy, who is calling from uh, Minneapolis, I believe. Go ahead, Judy. You're on uh, CCO with uh, uh, Teresa. Hi, Judy. Hi, thank you. I have about six armorillas, and I thought I would keep watering them, and one bloomed twice. After I started watering them again, Mm -hmm. up came another one. Mm -hmm. But now I think they're done blooming, but they have this beautiful green leaves that are sturdy and not... Yep. Should I stop watering? I, no, I would keep watering them as long as you can. Um, you know, just like regular, if they're still looking green and healthy when it gets warm, um, you can put them outside in the summertime. The longer those leaves are photosynthesizing, the bigger the bulbs will be and the nicer the flowers will be next year and the more chance you'll get flowers again. Mm-hmm. So you can easily let them just keep going and going all summer long if you want and then Bring them in early in the late summer, early fall, and then you can let them go dormant and then wake them up again if you want. And, and they'll just be beautiful. But, yeah, the longer you can keep those green leaves healthy and growing, the better your bulbs will be. Good luck. I know we're getting questions. Again, you've addressed it as far as putting down a pre-emergent for crabgrass. Mm-hmm. little too early. Yet, right? It's a little too early. The ground is still a little too cold, so the seeds aren't going to germinate yet. So what you put down will probably not do anything and remember that the germination, it stops germination of all kinds of seeds, including grass seeds. So you have to decide if you're going to overseed or if you're going to do crabgrass pre-emergent. There are some that you can use on both, but usually you can't. 
and look um, look for how long that crabgrass pre-emergent works. You don't want to be putting it down and then not be able to seed in the fall too. So. I would imagine that the on the bag itself of the crabgrass preventer would have uh, what the soil temperature should It'll be. It'll tell you what the soil temperature yeah. will be. Yep. And, and just a good the rule of thumb is the lilac thing, just when the lilacs in your area are blooming. Oh, okay. You know, and so if you use have that a, as a rule yeah, of thumb. Yeah, and if you have a heavy clay soil, then you know it's going to be a little longer, really light sandy soil a little earlier. All right. Back to the phones we go. Mabel's calling from New Prague. Good morning. You're on with Teresa. Hi, Mabel. Hi. Um, we had a branch cut off from our river birch tree early this week, Monday. Mm-hmm. It's about a four-inch branch, yep. and it's still dripping sap like yep. crazy. Yep. It makes you sad, doesn't it? Well, yeah, and I'm worried it, <laughs> that my husband's worried it's going to harm the lawn. Oh, it won't, it won't harm the lawn. No, you could be collecting that make make, make um, birch sap. Um, oh, okay, this birch sap syrup. It it just is when because the sap is still running so well. Um, just like make, maple trees, if you prune them at a certain time, you get a lot of bleeding on the tree. It doesn't really do anything. It may discolor if it's um. I can't remember what kind of birch it was, river birch. So you may see some discoloration of the bark. It's not going to hurt the lawn. Don't worry about it. All right. Okay. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. You bet. Thank you, Mabel. Let's go to Susan calling from Shoreview. Hello, Susan. Hi, Susan. Hello. Hello. Nice to talk to you. And to hear uh, you. I have a, a big question on, I planted some uh, uh, dahlias, and they're the the plate-sized dahlias oh, yes. mm-hmm. in, a, in a planter inside, mm-hmm. and they're growing great, mm-hmm. but they're starting to get a little leggy. Yep. And I'm wondering if I should give them some type of a fertilizer to strengthen them up or Actually, just keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, do what you do. The leggy problem is because they're not getting enough light. So if you could get okay. them outside on um, in, in, in some not super bright sun because you don't want to – you have to um, – Get them used to being outside, so harden them off. But if you could give them some extra light, even if you can put a little shop light over them or put them close to the window. Yeah, and just keep turning the pot if they're near a window and they're stretching. Just keep turning the pot so that they stay fairly upright. But, yeah, the legginess on plants means that they're reaching for sunlight. Okay. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. In studio, Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener. Speaking of which... Texter wants to know what's the process, and we've talked about this mm-hmm. before, but what's the process and cost for becoming a master gardener? And then after the certification, mm-hmm. what's the commitment? Okay. So what it is is um, you apply to your county, and your county then um, will interview you probably in August, September, October. We usually do ours in October here in Hennepin County. And then if you're accepted into the program, you go to the Arboretum to get classes, which is basically Hort 101, and that's um, in January, February. You can also do it online or any combination thereof. Um, so you, f- you take that class. It's a series of classes, about 48 hours. And then um, that first year, you're an intern, so your commitment is another 55 zero hours of volunteer work and another 12 hours of education. I think for outstate, it might be less. And then, um, then after that, to keep up your certification, it's 25 hours of volunteer work a year and 12 hours of education a year, which you can easily get very easily. And um, the cost is about $250, $270, but there is um, financial help if you need it. So that's it. And go to the just extension.umn.edu and click on the garden tab, and there should be how to be a master gardener on there too.
And good luck. And good luck. We'd like you to join us. And master gardeners are basic, everyday people who love gardening, love to share that information with their neighbors, and they want to share research-based information with their community. That's what a master gardener is. Excellent. Teresa, hang on. We're going to take a break. We have another half hour of the show to go, so if you did not get your question answered first half hour, more time here in the next. Call Teresa or send a text. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your phone calls and text messages. This morning, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is helping you out. And, Teresa, uh, we started talking about something, and I completely slipped my mind about something you wanted to mention. Yeah, our Hennepin County Master Gardener plant sale is on May 18th at Minnehaha Academy this year. So it's It's May 18th. May 18th. It's a Saturday, yep. So we're going to have all different kinds of plants, um, uh, many grown by Master Gardeners, many from Master Gardeners' lawns and lawns, yards. They're digging them up as we speak. Uh And um, we're also going to have some proven winners that we've tested that you won't be able to get on the market yet. We'll have to do some reminders before yeah, that date yeah. comes up. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so it's at, starting at 9 o'clock, bring a wagon and fill it up. 18th of May. Yep. Very good. All right, let's see who's been waiting in the wings here. Uh, Betty is calling from Hamburg with a question. Uh, Betty, uh, good morning. Betty, you're on CCO. Hi, Betty. Good morning. Teresa, this might not be in your bailiwick, but here's my question. We've all been hearing that we're suffering from tree pollen, and how can we be suffering from tree pollen if the trees have been dormant and they're just commencing to bud? Um, Some of the maples bloom very, very early, so those little buds you're seeing and some of the willows, too, um, it's more the maples, I think, that you're that you're going to be. Um, so, so that's what it is. And some of the people who are a little further north are wondering, what are you guys talking about? Because yeah. there's still like eight feet of snow on the ground. Um, but in some areas, there is a lot of pollen. Thick. And, yeah, in some it's cases. Thick yeah. for people. Yeah. And um, and I don't know if the pines are doing pollen yet either. But I, it, yeah, this year is supposed to be pretty tough for yeah. people. So good luck for those without, you know, and just, you know, close up your windows. Come home, take a shower, wash your clothes, change your clothes, and again, more health tips from Teresa. Yeah, very good. You master gardeners know everything. <laughs> we know everything. Uh, let us go to uh, Joyce, who's calling from uh, Bloomington this morning. Joyce, you're on CCO. Hi, Joyce. Hi. I have uh, a boxwood that is about, oh, three feet high. And uh, when I uncovered it this spring, the whole top and part of the side is brittle, mm-hmm. like it just would break right off. Right off. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, do I cut all this off? Do I cut it down? Or how do? what do I do to this poor bush? You know, I'd, I'd give it a little bit of time to get used to being um, in the weather again and see if it does green up and get healthy again. If those have died, you can cut those off um, and then just shape the bush um, to the best of your ability to, to, you know, make it not as lopsided or, or deal with whatever you've had to cut off. Um, sometimes things just do die in the winter. Um, they get broke, the breakage. Mm-hmm. But sometimes what you think is brittle is just maybe still frozen or just coming out of dormancy. So, you know, you can always start um, pi- um, clipping at the very end. And if you're just seeing brown all the way through the little stems, just keep going till you see green, and then you'll know that it's alive at that point. Okay. Texter wants to know, can I use the black dirt out of a rotted oak tree? Does it have lots of nutrients, do you think? I'm thinking that's probably something like compost. So the insides have composted. It should be able to be used. It's not going to hurt anything. It shouldn't right? hurt anything, no. Okay. Uh, good morning, Tester says. We enjoy your show very much. Good. We have a mountain ash 
or flowering ash tree mm-hmm. in our front yard. It's about four years old. It will flower in the spring but produces no berries in the fall. Any reasons? Um, it could just be not old enough to be um, to be doing berries, but it also could be that there's no pollinators around that are pollinating that. So you'll need to make sure that, that there's pollinators around. If it's the only thing flowering for miles around, the pollinators aren't going to know it's there. So you can plant early blooming um, plants that are um, blooming early at the same time to bring the pollinators in, look around for other uh, trees that are blooming, and hopefully it will get big enough and get pollinated. But it's probably a pollen issue. We'll get back to the calls in just a second. Uh, Texter says, my lawn is very lumpy. Should I have it aerated? Usually we aerate in the fall or late summer. That's a better time to aerate. Um, if you really want to, you can do it now. It's not the best. I would go to extension.umn.edu and click on the garden tab and look for lawn issues and um, see what the, could be causing that. Also, as soon as the, the, the frost gets out, sometimes the lawn just does settle down a little bit. It could be some frost evil that you're seeing out there. So I'd let the lawn settle down and see how it's going to be. But if it's always been really lumpy, maybe this fall, if you can handle it, you know, late August, do a, do a nice um, aeration. Aeration, yeah. That's what I've heard, too, for years. That fall, yeah. fall is the Fall is the better time to do it. Back to the phones we go. Uh, Donna is calling from Springfield with a question. Donna, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Donna. Hi, Teresa. I have night crawlers that yes. are taking over my lawn. Mm-hmm. And I just, what can I do to get rid of some of them? <laughs> well, you, you could set out a bait shop, but you probably don't want to do that. Um, you know, they're, they're just there because there's good food. It's a nice, healthy area. Um, there's a lot of night crawlers, so there must be food there. And they are aerating your lawn, so maybe you could give some to the person who just had the aeration yeah. problem. Um, other than that, you could, I don't know that there's anything specifically that will get rid of night crawlers and, mm-hmm. um, and big, mm-hmm. big populations. But I would suggest, if you can, going to the Extension website and just seeing if they suggest anything. But I think it's just something that it, it's not... Um, it's just maybe just a little bit unsightly with the big little or the little mounds and everything that they have, but they're really not hurting your lawn. It just maybe doesn't look that good. But in some cases, and I'm not sure if it's Donna's case, mm-hmm. but that earlier texture having a lumpy lawn, lumpy lawn, yeah, yeah. isn't that yeah. in in some cases that that could be that night too, crawlers, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Our our lawn is very lumpy, but I mean those little black things are just all over the lawn. It's hard to even get grass, you know, to come. Okay, because normally the, the, the nightcrawlers aren't hurting the grass. So I would make sure, I mean, nightcrawlers are like great big earthworms. Yeah. So that's what you, so if that's not what you're seeing, then I would probably um, try to bring a sample, a little insect into one of the master gardeners um, at the farmer's market. Or I think you can go online and say, what bug is this? But nightcrawlers are like great big earthworms. Yeah. Yeah. So. But they don't. Uh... And they don't normally, they aren't little and black. So check that out. That are the critters like moles can do a lot of damage. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. And those are like, like they kind of look like weird-shaped mice. <laughs> They're not really, but they look like weird right. mice, especially star-nosed moles. All right, let's see. if I, uh, Thank you very much, Donna. Thanks. Um, how short can I trim my raspberries? Can I trim them now? Um, They probably should have already been done. Um, Take out all the dead stuff. And if you have to, you can cut them down a little bit. I would go to the extension website, extension.umn.edu. I probably wouldn't be doing a lot of pruning right now on them. But anything that's dead, I would cut that out. If if you have really canes that are super, super long, you can cut those back a little bit. But um, they normally come up the first year and only put leaves on. And then the second year they flower 
and put the fruit on. And then after that, they'll just have leaves. So if they're on that second year, you don't want to really be cutting them back because that's your fruit. Okay. Let's go back to the phones. Let's see. Elaine is calling from Champlain, I believe, with a question. Elaine, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Elaine. Good morning. Uh, Is it too uh, early to plant onion sets and uh, lettuce seeds? Nope. Go for it. Okay, great. Thank Mm -hmm. you. You Just like that. Short and sweet. Just like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, a texter wants to know, what do you know about the variety of Sensation Magnolia? Have you heard I of I haven't heard of Sensation okay. Magnolia yet. It sounds fascinating. Hmm. Hmm. We'll have to do a little Another research Another thing I have to do research. More homework. Yes. yes. I will have to research Sensation Magnolias and spring-blooming wolfbane I heard about. <laughs> All right. Good. Yes. Let's go to back to the phones. Ron is calling from Faribault, Minnesota. Ron, go ahead. You're on CCO. Hi, Ron. Good morning. Uh, thank you very much for your program. I really learn a lot. Oh, good. But uh, anyway, I had uh, some damaged trees uh, last fall, and uh, I had two new maple trees, uh, one in the front and one in the back yard, and they're, I got big ones, uh, about two and a half, three inches in diameter. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I was advised to put a wrap around mm-hmm. the trees to protect them from, I guess, small animals yep. chewing mm-hmm. the bark. Mm-hmm. And I, do I leave that on? Do I take it off? And I want to know if I need to uh, fertilize these trees and what kind of fertilizer. Okay, those are really good questions. So anytime you plant a new tree, it comes with a little plastic or the little wrap. That wrap needs to stay on during the winter time between um, November and, say, March. So it can come off now. And I would cut that off and have two halves. If you want to, you can then put... Um, a cylinder of hardware cloth around the tree, um, give it like two or three inches around the trunk of the tree, and you can leave that on year after year until the tree develops its tough bark, and then it won't be injured by animals. Um, But if you use the little plastic things, you have to put those on in November and take them off in March. You don't want to leave them on on all summer long. Um, It's a great place for insects to live and diseases to get going, and you don't want that happen to your trunk of the tree. Once you have planted a tree, you don't have to fertilize it. It has roots that have to go out looking for its own nutrition. But what you do want to do is, as, as um, depending upon the size of the tree, you need to keep it well watered. And with a tree like a two-and-a-half, three-inch caliper tree, you're going to have to keep watering that tree carefully for about nine years until it gets adjusted to its location. So you want to make sure if we're droughty that you are watering those trees. If you have a little teeny tiny um Tiny tree, you only have to water it, say, maybe the first four or five years. But the bigger the tree, the longer you have to kind of baby it and water it because it, it really had a lot of root damage coming in bald and burlap like that. So okay. no fertilizing on your trees. Um, you know, you can always top dress with compost. But trees, are they should be happy where they are. Very good. Uh, let's see. Texter says this. I have a 6 by 30 raspberry patch that had a lot of moldy berries last year. Can I spray it with a fungicide early to prevent it this year. Oh, I don't know that that will really help. Um, I, I would wonder why you had the mold. Uh, try to get more air circulation there. Clean up. Make sure sanitation is very important. So clean up all your dead stuff. Take the leaves out. Give it some good compost because raspberries are heavy feeders. And try to thin that area a little bit. Um, but, yeah, cleaning up and getting the, the area nice and clean and getting all those mold spores out of there would probably be your best bet. Um, if you want to, you can always go to the garden center and see what they suggest or actually go to extension.umn.edu. Spraying things on, on food crops is always a little tricky, so you have to be really careful if you are using anything on a food crop that it says it's okay to use on the food crop. All right. 
quick break is in order, Teresa. Okay. We'll have more show to come here. Don't go away. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO Round every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is with us today. Let's mention that university website once again. That's extension.umn.edu, E-D-U, like education. Extension.umn.edu. If you want some great reading and, yep. and you could spend weeks exactly. going through, exactly. through that There's website. a lot of good stuff on there. And if you can't remember that, just go to Google and ask your question like raspberries, U-M-N. You'll get right over to the right pages. All right, very good. Uh, I know we have callers and texters abounding here mm-hmm. this morning. Gary is calling from New Brighton, I believe, with a question. Go ahead, Gary. Thank you. Hey, Gary. Yeah, good morning. I really appreciate your program. Hey, thank you. I, did a, I put some uh, lawn seed down right around Thanksgiving last fall, mm-hmm. and, now, and now I want to put some compost on top of it. Should I wait until the seed germinates, or is it okay to put the compost over the seed right now? Wait until the seed germinates, and, and then you'll know um, that it's there, and it will be able to come up, and then lightly put compost over, and then you can always top dress with a little compost during the season, too, so you can do that later in the in the season also. Okay. Very Just good. very lightly. Mm-hmm. Texter says this, question, will nematodes kill Japanese beetle larvae? Is there anything that can be applied this time of year to get rid of them? Oh, you know, there is some, there are some stuff out there, and darn it, I was going to research this because the university has changed some of their stuff. Um, go to the extension.umn.edu and look up Japanese beetles because there's some wonderful products you can use. There used to be just milky spore, but now there's a few other products you can use. And you put it in the soil, it's like a soil drench, and it does actually like infect the, the beetle grub larvae and kills them. So it's kind of like wonderful, it gives, makes them sick. Um, but it doesn't hurt other things. So it's a wonderful product to use. And if you do have Japanese beetles and you know they're there every year, um, just watch for them early and get out as soon as, you know, go patrol every morning. And then when you see the first beetles, th- toss them in the soapy water or in the milk jug um, with the plastic bag attached to it and um, and throw them away. As they're eating, the, fr- the fragrance of the leaves that they're biting into um, wafts through the air and attracts other beetles. So if you can cut down that fragrance in the beginning, you can certainly, um, you know, cut down the infestation that you'll have. I know it's hard if they're on your birch trees or something because you can't be climbing up there knocking them off. What is the best? A texter is asking, what, is there a good fertilizer for apple trees? Are you aware of that? Um, just, just any tree fertilizer. Okay. Um, you, you, you know, or top dress with compost, any fertilizer. Um, you don't really have to fertilize them. They're, they should be finding the nutrition in the soil. They're a tree, so they should yeah. find the nutrition in the soil. So just have a healthy soil, and that's much better for all your plants. As you know, Teresa, we've had a lot of questions. A lot of folks joined us a little bit late mm-hmm. uh, about raking, uh, a pre-emergent, about fertilizing sure. your mm-hmm. lawn. Is Now, a texter just sent this in a bit ago. and It says, he or she said, best time to fertilize the lawn is after the first mowing. Hmm. Um, I, I would okay. Well, you, I would think that it, would be timely. That that's timely. That June fertilizing or yeah. that that end of May fertilizing is timely. Yeah. That's normally when you do one of your first fertilizers. Um, if you only want to do one fertilizer, um, the early fall, uh, late summer is the best time to do that, and that's also the best time to seed. It gets everything ready. You use the winterizer and in the end of August there. But yeah, it's you don't want to be on your lawn if it's squishy. You don't want to be in the garden if the soil's too wet. 
Careful if you're raking, make sure the lawn's dried out a little bit. Don't put down the pre-emergent till about the lilacs are blooming in your area. Read and follow all label instructions. Okay. There, now you know spring spring yard and garden clamp. Oh, you can pull the stuff off the shrubs and trees to any um, packing you had, any any um, mulch. Okay, and uh, here's another text, Teresa. When, when can I dig out and move a hydrangea plant to a new location? Anytime. Right now oh, would be fine. Not a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, another question about crabgrass. <laughs> Getting a lot of those. So, so it, it, the question is: Is the soil temperature fifty five? You don't know that. I would not think the soil temperature is anywhere near fifty five because no. we're still going down into the thirties and forties at night. So I would say no. Uh, I believe that's when the lilacs are blooming. So we're pretty far away from that. It takes a long time to warm up that soil, mm-hmm. and if you just go out there and dig in it and touch your hand to the soil, you'll feel how cold that soil is. So it's it's still pretty cold. I mean, right now it's only 52 degrees. So even air temperature, it's not going to be, yeah. you know. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I uh, love the show. How, how do I encourage raspberries to grow in areas of the raspberry patch where they are thin? Oh, that's a good question because raspberries are really heavy feeders. So you can add some fertilizer to that area, a little compost. Lots of times you'll see your raspberry patch. They send out all their runners because they're looking for new spots to, to colonize, and then sometimes the center of the patch dies out. But that's just because they've used up all the nutrition there because they're really heavy feeders. So go ahead and, and put some compost and some orphan fertilizer in that area and clean up all the dead stuff. It will should be fine. I think this is a, a perfect time to get uh, get get someone interested in the uh, U of M website because here it is. This texter says, my daughter bought a house that had lots and lots of gardens. Mm. She's trying to identify plants. The yep. one in question has a purple-type flower with a broad leaf. Uh, leaf. Do you recommend a book or website for identifying garden plants? I would plants? recommend the extension.umn.edu. Um, you can always take pictures, bring them to Master Gardeners. They'll do their best to identify it. If it's a broadleaf uh, flower that blooms early in the spring that has a broader leaf, maybe look at a rhododendron. Could be. Okay. I, I don't know that, but, yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Grab a call here. Robert's calling from uh, Glenwood, I believe. Hi, Robert. What's your question? Hi, Robert. Y- yes, I have a question. Uh, thank you for your show, by the way. Oh, thank, thank you. you. I have a question about the use of uh, – there's a worm farm, which has recently been established here in western Minnesota. And they sell worm castings, uh, fortified soil, and worm tea. And I'm wondering about the use of that in gardens and uh, houseplants. Go for it. It's absolutely wonderful stuff. Yeah, it's worm poop, basically. And it's absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So that's that's my endorsement. Yep. It's a master gardener term. <laughs> master gardener. That's a scientific term. Yeah. Worm it, castings, yes. Is it too early to put down preen? Um, same thing as the pre-emergent. I mm. think it's too early. Okay. You know, unless you're seeing active growth of the weeds that you're trying to stop growing. No, it's uh, and then then I've already germinated, so you can't do anything. But I just don't think the seeds are germinating yet. The ground's too cold. They just haven't woken up yet. A texter wants to, says, "I try to keep a bee-friendly yard. Is it too early to clean up uh, the garden beds?" You know, um, clean up what you need to, what you have to. You know, if you don't have to clean up the area, don't. Um, just leave it there. It depends on what you're, if you're leaving stems standing. Um, you know, maybe maybe um, you've chopped them down to two feet. If you can leave them up till those bees come out, that would be wonderful. Let the other stuff go around them. But if you have to clean up, you have to clean up. It's just, you know, we keep our gardens way too clean sometimes, in my opinion. And um, you can leave a lot of that stuff out there, and the little critters will be really happy. Hmm. 
When and how do you prune hydrangea trees? Um, it really depends what you're pruning for and why you're pruning them. If you're just pruning to shape, you can prune them anytime. Um, and in yeah, so it just really depends on why you're pruning them. So anytime you need to, and if you have a, one of the smaller trees and you've got lots of blooms in the fall, I would make sure you take off some of those blossoms because the weight of the blossoms with the snow on them can pull your branches down. All right, tell us again when that plant sale is going to be. That will be May 18th. It's a Saturday. It's at Minnehaha Academy in South Minneapolis, and it's a wonderful location. We're, it's new for us this year. so Oh, it is? Okay. Another one, yeah. Now, where do these plants come from? These plants come from Master Gardener Gardens, so you know they're hardy. We have a lot of plants being grown by Master Gardeners, and we're um, bringing in a bunch of native plants that we had grown for us. And we'll have mostly vegetables and annuals. I'm sorry, and perennials and annuals. And there will be some of the plants that were grown as test plants that you cannot locate in mm, the public yet. Right, and just... Uh, Extension.umn.edu. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Good. You read my mind. I read your mind. That was Master Gardener Therese Rooney. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.